today. Good congregation, what's going on? It's your boy Rob, your boy John. Uh, we are back in the building once again. Uh, much to our joy to talk to y'all again, the Church in the Wild podcast, uh, live and direct from Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, John, speak to the people. What it is, what it is. We are elated today to, uh, I am anyhow, uh, for the discussion that we're going to have. Uh, I really wish that I had a couple people up here in the studio with us to talk about what we're going to talk about. Um, peacock, peacock proud is, is the phrase that a lot of people use. I don't necessarily even think that I'm peacock proud in this particular situation. I think I'm just excited uh, because we finally get to talk about something that I'm quite fond of and personally I adore it a little bit. Uh, we're talking about cussing. Uh, being the church in the wild, we can, t- we can cuss here. Now, I'm not going to cuss today. I'm going to try not to cuss anyhow. Uh, as you just heard from that clip, that should be enough cussing for me today. Uh, but I even, think so. even if it's not, we'll, we'll see how the day leads us. Um, man, John, please, how do we how do we stumble across this today? How did, how did this become our topic? Um, so I was contemplating in my own mind about what it is that just some of the different stigmas that we have about um, preachers and what they uh, what their behavior should look like. Because okay. I'm one of those people who doesn't have a whole lot of issue with a lot of things most people have issues with. And I was thinking to myself, how many preachers I know that use flowery language. Ooh, flowery. I like that. I I was trying to figure that out. Um, But I do, I know a lot of preachers that preach behind pulpits and in in casual conversation, you know, they, they, they drop what people would consider inappropriate language here and there. And, um, it's always been a, a, a interesting dynamic for me because I know that some people hold preachers in this light where they should be, well, I'm not going to say it like they shouldn't be, but that they should be the, the cleanest amongst us, right? And I'm not saying they shouldn't be. What I am thinking about, though, is how many of those standards have we actually held up and thought to ourselves, is this a standard that God puts on men or that I put on men? Oh, see, now that's a problem right there, man. You already messed up and, and kicked and chased half of the super sanctified holy saints out of the church in a while because you already put a standard up saying, did God call us to this standard or is it something that man gave us a standard for? Yeah, and I, and I, I get it. Like, I understand. But ultimately, that's that's a real question we have to ask in our day-to-day lives is who actually put the idea in your mind that whatever behavior is not okay. And, and to bring it home, I thought the great, great uh, topic of conversation that we should approach today is cussing preachers. Ho, 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 cussing preachers. This, this is going to be fun for me. Well, uh, look, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say that that one way or the other right now. I just think it's a conversation we need to have. 
Here's and here's why I love it. First off, the first thing I can hear all of my super holy saints doing is running to their grandmama Bible, that big oversized King James decorative Bible that sits on her in her white living room with the plastic on the furniture and the big coffee table. Yeah. And she dusts it every Saturday. <laughs> and we we can't go in there at all. Yep. And they're they're flipping as fast as they can. So fast in fact that they may run the risk of tearing one of those holy pages. Mm. And they're turning directly to Ephesians 4 and 29 that says, and I quote, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as it, as mm. is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those yes, who hear. That's the first thing I hear everybody saying the moment you bring up the speech that a, a minister or a pastor or... A Christian, because let's let's be frank. Uh, this isn't just about cussing pastors. This isn't just about the language that pastors and ministers should use. Uh, because what pastors and ministers are held to are the same standards that any Christian should be held to. I agree there. I agree wholeheartedly, and I think we're saying that out loud. But in my experience, that has not been the case. People hold pastors to a much higher standard than they hold themselves. Of course, any day of the week. Um, even non-Christians hold pastors to a higher standard than they hold any other person any day of the week. Doc, let me, as a person who works with, uh, works in the secular world and has dealt with atheists and agnostics on a daily basis, and when it comes out that I am a preacher, the first thing that comes up is, I didn't know you were a preacher, you don't look like a preacher, you don't talk like a preacher. Yeah. And it always has thrown me. I, I, I've only been preaching since 2010. I don't have my preacher's voice yet, I guess. I don't oh, I don't see yeah, myself yeah, as that. Yeah. yeah. I can't just, thing. I can't jump into the preacher voice yeah, in and out like deep. that. You need a deep preacher voice <laughs> to get into. But um, even more so, it, it whenever conversations are held, I always find myself on the outs when people are talking about stuff. Saying, saying, you know, hey, you know, we, we shouldn't talk about this around the preacher. We shouldn't talk about this around the pastor. Uh, because I guess they call themselves discussing things that shouldn't be discussed around me. I don't I don't get it. I thought well, everything I think some of it's a reverence. Like I think people try to try to I think people in their mind try to have some sense of reverence for pastors and preachers if they have a respect for the Christian faith. Okay, so even non-believers have respect for the faith. There are there are those that do, uh, depending on how they were raised. Especially if they if the women they were raised by respected the church, I think you'll find that a lot of times those people carry a sort of um, respect, even if they don't themselves subscribe to the the tenets of the faith. Okay, okay. Well, for those for those of you who didn't know the clip that we just started the show with which was not my uh, thought at all uh, I'd like to go ahead and put that out there now uh, for those listening that uh, one John decided that you know would be a great thing to start the show with we should start with the bring your ass to Jesus clip that's what we should do it's a great clip what am I supposed to say it's a great clip why is it a great clip I, I want to hear this no it's great because it's funny it it's, is It is hilarious. it's a great clip because it's funny and in context, what he's saying is perfectly fine, in my opinion. Um, 
out of context. Which is exactly how the clip was taken. Right. It's just a really funny clip of a guy behind a pulpit preaching that you should bring your ass to Jesus. And that is the wildest statement. And I think that's what picked up, that's why the traction picked up on that clip so much because you had people who don't go to church, who rarely go to church, hearing something so bold from, from the, from where it came from. We, we who are familiar with the clip know the church, know the person, know the legacy of, of, of the church itself. And so hearing that, you you can't you kind of find yourself shell shocked a little bit yeah. when you hear it, but for those of us who are preachers, we also say, well, that's not really something. It doesn't it doesn't shock me so much because I've grown up in black church. I've heard black per- preachers say, "Hell, damn, ass," all in biblical context, like they're supposed to. That's right. I I there's a there's a passage in the Bible. Uh, forgive me for not knowing it immediately. That talks about the land of Shittim. <laughs> That's how it's pronounced, and I've heard preachers who have, my immaturity, but I've heard preachers who have preached that text <laughs> that understand the context of the text, that can exegete the text properly, that will use that not only as a, a point of reference, but then also bring it home so that everybody understands it. Shittim was not a place that you wanted to be around. The the, the trees that grew in Shittim were bit, were trees that didn't bear fruit that were sweet. It was it was bitter fruit in that place. So you didn't want to eat the, the fruit of any place in Shittim. You didn't want to eat fruit from Shittim trees. And when you understand the context of this, and then you hear a preacher say, don't go to Shittim and come out of Shittim, and you hear them say this repeatedly, yes, there's a small part of you that wants to be childish and immature and laugh at it because they're saying shit them. But outside of that, you also have to, uh, you have to then take with a grain of salt the, the true spiritual context, uh, context in which they're preaching. If we understand that part of it, much like the bring your ass to Jesus, which is exact, which are exactly the words that we use when we read the King James version of that Bible. I mean, of that text. When we read the King James text, it says, "Bring, bring, tell." Jesus said, "Bring the ass to me." Yeah, that's right. That's right. So when you hear that, you think, "Oh, Jesus cursed." No, Jesus didn't curse. That's what it was called. It was an ass. Now, 2018, said ass is not necessarily something that we're using. Regularly now, yeah. Conversations change the way conversational speech changes. Words that are that are functional, both in cussing, so to speak, and in every, everyday regular language, have now been blurred. Bitch is not a curse word, but it's used in a cursing fashion. Yeah. Damn is, is not a curse word. This is getting. <laughs> this is getting so good right now. <laughs> If you're still listening, please keep listening. Don't turn it off yet. Let it play. Let your kids hear this. I'm saying it right now as a as a um, as a youth pastor, as a former youth pastor. So I'm looking for a new co-host. Um, if there's anyone looking to host the podcast, because I'm pretty sure this is our last episode. Um, someone's going to it won't be mine. Shut us down. Hey, I ain't worried about it. Can't nobody beat me up. <laughs> 
what I mean, let's let's be adults about it. We're gonna have the conversation about cussing, um, inappropriate language, or what is considered inappropriate language. Then let's have the conversation. Um, let, let's 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 put it all out there. I am a person. Well, I, I, I'll I'll start this way. I haven't always used the cleanest of language. Um, that's anybody who's known me more than fifteen years knows that I cuss well. I've cussed well since I was cuss well eight years old because I grew up in a house that cussed. I went to schools where people cussed. Um, I was able to. I was a cussing expert by the time I hit middle school. So I could cuss you out and make up new cuss words to cuss you out with. All through high school, into my early 20s, these were all things. What changed me was meeting my then-girlfriend who had three children at the time, one of which was old enough to understand every single word that came out of my mouth. And I made the conscious decision that if I was going to be a positive influence in their lives, that I would not use that type of language around my children. So here we are 12 years later. By the way, uh, side note, I said I wouldn't shout out my kids very often, but today I'm going to do it. Today, my oldest son, Quincy, turns 21 years old. He is 21. He is officially a man. I don't know if he's going to hear this podcast or not, as I know that he and my, my wife are in Atlanta as he's, as he's filming. Uh, but they're down there celebrating. So, Quince, I love you. I hope you are having the time of your life turning 21, and I will see you in a couple of weeks. But back Shout to my story. Out, homie. But back to what I was saying. I made the conscious decision to not to stop cussing, and I did it cold turkey. I stopped cussing around my kids. If I stubbed a toe, stepped on a nail, anything, I bit it. I, I just, where I would have normally just cussed and yelled something out, I held it all in, and I look younger for it. Mm-hmm. Not cussing has kept me look young, looking younger. You know what I'm saying? At least that's what I believe. That's what I believe. You know, but when I was doing it, I didn't see a problem with it. I saw a problem with not, I, I saw a problem with being around my kids and having my kids repeat the words that I said. So what I decided to do was say, hey, instead of me using all this language that I could use to, to kind of cut through the nuance of whatever it is I'm trying to explain, let me fully explain it. It may take a little bit longer, but I'd rather do that and expose my children to larger words and a larger vocabulary than to just drop an F-bomb, drop an S-bomb, drop an N-bomb, and call it a day. That was my choice. Now, what about you? Because I didn't meet you until after you were, you know, saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord. So, you oh, Lord. Were, I believe you were already presiding prelate <laughs> at, at the time that I met you. So, oh, man. Um, so, to me, you've always spoken holy. All, all the words you've I ever said. My, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are truth, brother. Just know that. Um, I won't say they're life, but they're not always life. They're not always but, life? Uh, <laughs> hmm. Interesting that you would say that. Sir. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, I was, I've been, I've been cussing a long time. Um, I'm using that in the present tense because I still, in the right moment, <laughs> in the right moment. So I've never in. invited you to a drink, but I think we need to go have drinks. We probably do need to have a couple drinks. Um, that should be a topic of this conversation as well. But um, 
Yeah, no, you know, I mean, here's my thing. Like, I, I grew up like everybody else. I understand the stigma around um, what's considered vulgar language. I think you have to challenge that philosophy. I was always a guy that, that used foul language since I knew how to how to identify it. Um, and I'm talking about young, 13, 12, whatever. Yeah. You know, that's just always been a thing for me. I, I don't, I never even stopped to think twice about it because it's, it's language, it's words. Um, I went through a time in my life where my language was, was what most people would call really, really, really clean. Um, immediately after my conversion, um, for, for the space of a few years. Here's the difference, and this is what I want to point out for a lot of people. I never stopped cussing in my head. Oh, of course not. I just stopped cussing out my mouth. Yeah, which is important an important thing to discern and to, to dissect. That we're not cussing, the fact that we're not cussing out loud doesn't yeah. absolve us and say, oh, we always stop cussing. And that's it. That's the thing. Like, that's the thing I've said. I'm like, listen, just because you didn't hear me cussing, and just because I don't hear you cussing, don't mean you're not cussing. It doesn't mean we choose not to not to um, jump out the window and, and 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 say it out loud because we understand really the social impact. I'm not so sure that it's always even a, a, a this this major God doesn't want me to do that as much as it is um, the social impact when you've surrounded yourself with people who consider that language to be foul or unholy or inappropriate then you censor yourself to keep from offending those people because you care what they think about you. Um, where I am in life at this point is there are places where I censor myself and places where I don't. I'm not walking up in nobody's church and just letting the B word just fly. You know what I mean? Um, out of respect, though, for the people in the building who would be offended at it has you, nothing to do with me feeling like the word itself is out of place as much as I just respect people's right to like like in this place that's not what they do but at a too short concert uh are, are you rapping along with too short am I going to a too short concert let's start with that because I'm probably not going to and not because I don't like too short but some stuff is just not for me listen some stuff is it's gonna go too far like at a too short concert things are gonna get out of hand like I know too short, short tails. Like, uh... <laughs> Sir, you just aged yourself. So glad. Uh, so it's going to get real out of hand real fast. And I'm not sure if even I'm comfortable in that environment anymore. <laughs> I'm glad that you said it and not me. But no, I feel you, man. I, I, get, I get the fact that, you know, there are things that we don't necessarily... They're space appropriate. Yeah, they're of space appropriate. Um, I'm not walking into. I'm not walking into a nursing home, you know, screaming fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I can, I can walk into a preschool and do it because the kids can get up and run. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. walk into a nursing home. For sure. I, I'm kidding, of course. I would never walk into a preschool and yell fire. However, with that being said, I I, the, I think the biggest thing is how how people justify. It. I got friends that. To this day, uh, again, they've known me 15 plus years. We've we we've, we've been riding that long. Some have known me my whole life. Mm -hmm. Some came along right at that crux where I was beginning to 
get into living a a holier life. Yeah. And that, but at some point, everybody's heard me drop something. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is they when I'm around them is how they react because they they never stop cussing out loud. Mm-hmm. But what I find is once they found out, oh, Rob is getting into ministry now. Yeah. Rob is doing this, that, and the third. Now all of a sudden. There comes a, a respect and a reverence for the position and the title, and I question whether or not that's something that really holds enough weight to determine how we handle or how we should go about the words that we use. I don't want my kids cussing because I don't think they're old enough or mature enough mm-hmm. to be able to speak the words that they're going to use in the context. It doesn't mean my kids don't cuss. I've caught all of my kids cussing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. At some point, all of them have been caught. Um, and it doesn't matter how old they are. I never cursed around my mother. I yep. never cursed around my grandmother. God I rest still don't cuss around my mama like that. See, you said like that. I've never, I never, I didn't slip up and say a cuss word in front of my mom. I was afraid of my mama's backhand. Like, me and my mom have a relationship where I might, I might, you know, if I'm talking about something, a damn might, you know, I'm, that we might have one of those, but... It ain't never gonna be nothing extreme. I w- till the day my mother left this earth. My mother, my mother left left this earth in two thousand and six. Um, the closest I got to cursing around my mother was saying D. <laughs> that that was that was that was the the catch. That was the phrase when when you were younger growing up, and there were certain words Hilarious. that you could and couldn't say, and you know I remember saying heck once, and my grandmother slapped the taste out of my mouth. You don't. Cussing my house, like, like I said, heck, I didn't say. I knew what you meant though, and that in and of itself should should be something that we consider. Yeah. When you ch- now, my children will say heck, darn stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We pre we build our children in fashion in which to tell teach them how to curse yeah. or how, how to use this language, but then we give them a pass of saying heck, darn, yeah. Yeah, gosh. You know, gosh darn. So, oh no, that's the cleaner way of saying it. No, you're still allowing your kid. You're giving them kids about cuss words. So, and so, so I took the liberty of putting up on social media a poll um, to get an idea of what uh, the people thought about the use of of what's considered curse words. How the congregation um, feel, and. You know, the, the, the results were what I expected. Um, came back at... So here's the question. Is it okay for preachers to curse? And what about using... And we're going to get into this one. Using the N-word. Yeah. There's, some of uh, y'all's pastors can't use the N-word ever. I'm saying that yeah, right now. Yeah, we need to... Yeah, let's definitely... <laughs> let's have that conversation too. But... Um, so I asked people, is it okay for preachers to curse? And is it okay for them to use the N-word? And um, 35% of people said yes, which means 65 of them said no. 65% of people said no. Um, I want to dive into the comments section. Though. Who quoted Ephesians 4? So I hope the first one quoted Ephesians 4. So I, so I don't have... Um, Let no unwholesome speech. King James, that's what it says. Well, that is that is what it says. Um, the first comment says that they aren't perfect, but we look for them to lead by example. So, again, the assumption of 
the pastor as being uh, a more astute Christian is not supposed to use this language. I, I where do they get this idea of a pastor being... Well, here's where, where I think they get it. I think they pull it from uh, the, 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 the... Correct First me if I'm wrong. Yeah, First Timothy... Um, First Timothy 3. You know, the, the ordination scriptures. <laughs> so, you know... Um, you know, so, so, so basically... I think what they're looking at is saying if you if you're an elder in the church, you're supposed to be above reproach. That's exactly what it says. First Timothy, ver- chapter three, verse number two. An overseer then must be above reproach. Yeah, and I think that that's what they're looking at, right? And I understand what they're saying, but I think that when we talk about being above reproach, I think that the Bible is saying that these men must be above reproach in God's eyes. And for my part, I think what that means, well, let's, let me ask this question. I'm down to answer questions. <laughs> Do we think that Moses was a man of God? Do we think Moses was a curse, cursing preacher? Absolutely. Yeah. Do we think... I'll, I'll challenge you one further. This is going to get me kicked off for real. This is going to get me kicked off for real. <laughs> yeah, so I'm ready. I'm going ready to for, church discipline, I'm, sir. I'm ready, I'm ready already for church discipline. <laughs> I dare one of y'all to try me, though. Was Jesus a cussing a preacher? Oh, that's a great one. And I'm going to say yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to reach out and say yeah. Um, but and anybody who tells me no, show me. I want you to prove to me that Jesus wasn't a cussing preacher. Yeah, I, I would say Jesus was a cursing preacher. We know Peter to be a... a, a a, a weapon-wielding person preacher. Absolutely. Um, when I think about the great greatest men of God that we like to cite so much, yeah, these were also pretty rough dudes. And for the like, most part, like when you think about these, weren't like, like, like soft hand, you know? No, nah, they didn't lotion. Uh, they didn't lotion well they at all. They didn't lotion at all. Actually, I don't think David used lotion whatsoever. David was a violent... By today's standards, David was a ruffian of ruffians. Like, he was he was a rough guy. I'm glad you didn't call him a tyrant, because I thought you were going to no, go no, tyrant. No, 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 not a tyrant, no, no. I just think, like, David was would, would be considered a thug by many standards today. Um, David was quick to fight. David was... David was, was not... Didn't deal well with people being critical of him. David didn't deal well with people telling him no. David wanted what he wanted, and David was willing to hurt you to get it. Um, Prove him wrong. Because there's somebody out there right now, you will not speak about King David in this fashion. But this is like, this is what I'm saying. Like, we have these ideas of these people, and I'm like, but if you bring them down to a human level and just look at what they were for a minute, understand they were still godly men. Like, David was still a godly man because in his heart, what was there were godly virtues. You know what I think? I think about when I think of David. And this is off topic just a little bit. I promise yeah. I'm coming right back to it. But it fits. You talked about how David would be considered a thug in, in common standards. And I think about these videos that will go viral from time to time of when your cousin who been in jail his whole life first gets saved yeah, 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 and they get to yeah, praising. Yeah. And they, they they don't understand, you know, the church way yeah. of dancing and shouting and stuff like that. So they come together and they, they you know, they do what they know. They crip walk or they... You know, do all this other stuff, 
and and people laugh like, oh, look at this guy, and it's it's one of them bless your heart kind of laughs. They're laughing at him from a, from a very unholy place. When and I think about that, and I think about David dancing out of his clothes. Yeah, and how people looked at David when he did that, hmm. because here's David the king, so happy that the Ark of the Covenant is being returned, that he's that he's worshiping and praising God, and he's doing so despite how he looks to other people. And I think some of the hardest men, despite what the world would say about Christian men, some of the hardest men, some of the, the strongest men, some of the uh, most passionate men yep. are those who love God with their whole heart yep. because they're not afraid of how they look when they praise. Yeah. And and that's and that's something to be admired in David. Yeah, well, and, 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 and just to, to hit that, that same topic, I've known guys who have been the worst of the worst in society's eyes come to Christ and they are to this day some of these guys I know are amongst the the most exemplary idea of what I think a Christian can be and I think that because what Jesus says is true I think what the Bible says is true and a person who was forgiven much loves much. Yeah. Right? Um, it doesn't mean that they look polished and shiny to everybody. But they get it. Like That was the realest scene in Baby Boy. <laughs> Straight up. That was the realest scene in Baby Boy. Yeah. Um, I'm out here busting dudes in the head with pistols, shooting cats, the whole nine. Man, I'm ready to change my life. Yeah. I'm going to get baptized. Yeah. I'm going to be... What? Because everybody, like, what, what are you talking about? Like, Yo, nah, this is what I, and he goes, yep. he's baptized. That was the realest yeah. scene, that was the realest scene to me. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's interesting because I know some of these guys, and I'm like, listen, these guys, I, I know pastors that couldn't hold a candle to these guys in terms of their passion for God, yeah. in their pursuit of godliness, like, I'm trying to get it right because I understand and this is why the cursing thing to me is not as big a deal as people make it. These are men who understood what they were and they have an appreciation for what God actually did. So you're talking about Ooh. men who, who go, oh, I was, no, no, no. You grew up okay. I killed somebody like in, an, in a robbery. You know what I mean? And God forgave me, and there's grace, and that like those guys get the gospel. They really get it. You know I'm about to mess with you, then, right? All right, let me hear it. Because you're 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 going someplace that I think we're we're still on topic, but you're going someplace that I think is the biggest. I just had a class that, that we talked about this. This is one of the biggest problems with the church, the hierarchy of sin. Yeah. And how we how we place one sin above another, for sure. And how some are are, are forgiving are uh, worthy of grace, and how others are not. Uh, we talk about it with homosexuality yep. and stuff like that. Oh, child molesters! Yeah. Oh man, I've heard straight up like devout quote unquote devout Christians be like, "Yo, child molesters, nah, like they they not getting in." Like, <laughs> but that's that's the thing. You let somebody who has truly repented. Yeah. And I think that's something that as believers we we say we say a lot of things 
in in a fashion that doesn't that we don't understand. Yeah. In in a way that we say things and and we just say it because it's something that's always been said to us. But when someone truly repents, that is not just apologizing for the things that you've done, mm-hmm. but turning away from the thing that separated you from God. When you have someone that is truly repentant for the things that they've done, why is it so difficult for the church to extend the grace God already has? Hmm. <laughs> That's a great topic, one for another episode. Because ah. it'll, take us, it'll take us two more hours to, to right, have that right. discussion because... Well, one, I'd rather I'd like to have a couple guests here, okay, to have that conversation because I think it's an important one to have. But I don't think Next that, show? yeah, absolutely. Right. I don't think that we're ready to be honest about where we are in America, where the church is concerned. Um, I have serious doubts in my mind that the church is ready to be honest with herself about what she is here in this part of the world. But we're the church. Well, sure, but. Hosea had a wife. He did. Hosea's wife was a whore. She was. And she didn't stop whoring after they got married. She did not. And I'll leave it at that until the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I can't wait for the feedback comments on this. (laughs) Let's get back to what we were saying. Yeah, so so just to get back to um, what I was saying about just men of God in the Bible and, and what do we think that these guys were, they were not always the, the the epitome of what society would consider bright, shining stars. Here in America, we've created this idea that if you're a preacher, you fit the American westernized image of what a stand-up man is. And I think that's a mistaken approach to things. Oh, the, I think it's slippery slope. I get it, but let me finish this. Okay. The westernized suit and tie clean image that we force into the box of what a preacher is is not what the Bible says that a quote-unquote preacher is. Okay. An elder or pastor I'm going to use those words interchangeably. As they should be. Um, in the church is who he is. And don't fight me when you go trying to find out <laughs> that an elder and a pastor ain't the same because you're going to get your feelings hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's continue. a fact. But, um, but, but they were not who they were because of what they looked like on the outside. They were what they were because of what they were on the inside. The elders... In, in the church, in the Bible, were who they were because of the character they had that came from and was a product of their following of Christ. It wasn't that they had the newest robes or the most, or, or that they, it was, watch this, it wasn't even that they ironed, because I know somebody's going to say, well, even if they didn't have the newest, you know, they, they brought their best to God. Bringing your best to God is not about an outward appearance. And cursing is purely about outward appearance. It is not about motive. And that's the key. I'm going to get into this. Cursing is problematic when the motive behind the cursing 
is sinful. They talk about cursing in the Bible, right? Yeah. I hope people understand that when they talk about cursing in the Bible, it's not the same as what we're talking about right now. Yeah, and I, I, maybe I should take the R out of what I'm saying. Maybe I should say cussing. Yeah, say cussing. So people can, can make that difference. Because cursing, cursing in the Bible. Because some super understand. spiritual person is bound to be like, well, see, you got to understand there's curses, brother, and then there's cussing, brother. Yeah, and I don't, so. yeah nobody wants to have to deal with that. But the cursing and cussing are two totally different things. But I absolutely get what you're saying as yeah. far as the language itself. Yeah. It's, I, I think, again, if I get with some of my friends, um, and I have friends that are both in church and some that are not in church, I bring those groups together. Yeah. Um, hoping that one rubs off on the other one. Prayerfully, the ones that are living right, doing right, rub off on the ones that are not yeah. living right, yeah, doing yeah, right. for sure. Not the other way around. But <laughs> aside from the fact. You're taking a risk out of your Yeah. Brain. <laughs> taking a risk uh, but when you do something like that I think one of the major things that I've seen people deal with is when I'm around when I'm around that group of people especially somebody that I've grown up with that has known me 20 plus years and if they hear me use language that I haven't used in the pulpit before or I haven't used in a prayer circle before that I'm looked at in this fashion of oh my goodness he's not who I thought he was and I think the biggest issue with who we are as Christians is that we carry this stigma of people looking at us and ascribing this perfection to us, expecting us to have to fit into it. I hear so many people tell me why they can't be Christian, and it's always got to do with the fact that they're not living right. And I, I always have to remind them, it's not nobody's telling you to clean your life up before you come to Jesus. Yeah. Nobody tells you to hop in the shower before you get in the shower. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but that's some, a great example. But it. but for some reason we always think that in accepting Christ or or saying that we're going to be followers of Christ that we're seen as perfect. We're yeah. seen as this way. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. One of the more disheartening things is that the amount of people who are turned away then mm -hmm. from the faith because they're not. Yep. Now, I don't know if that's more self-imposed or if that's the modern-day Pharisees that we have who believe that whatever you're doing and calling yourself a Christian, you absolutely, without a doubt, 100% have to be this way all the time. That's fake. And I don't think Christ called any of us to be fake. I know that we love saying in the church that sometimes you gotta you, you got to speak it over your life even if you don't feel it. Or you gotta you gotta put the front up just to just to make sure. No, fake it till you make it. Yeah, the fake it till you make it motif, and I'm not I'm not with that. If you're not if you're coming to church and you're broken, be broken. Don't come That's in right. here smiling to me because I can't help you. I can't get you through that brokenness until I see what you're really dealing with. And Christ sees the exact same thing. Don't come. The the problem is we see so many people looking for Christ to come in and be miraculous, not realizing that Christ has sent so many people to help you through your situation. Yeah. But we live in pride, we live in ego, and we won't let our brother or our, our pew sister look out for us and say, hey, I see you struggling, let me do this for you. Oh, man. Oh, man. Humility. You're asking people to have humility. And and it's 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 tough for people. You know? Um, now, let me introduce to the topic of cussing also this. The N-word. Nigga? Yes, the N-word. Nigga. 
Yeah. Um, I, I said nigga twice. Three times three now. Three times now. Uh, Your pastor me, can't say that probably. Let me, I said, let me open up by saying um, the rule about white people saying the word nigga extends to the pulpit. Of course it does. White people, you can't say nigga. Now, I love y'all, um, but please don't go and use this podcast as a reason to tell your friend that you listened to a podcast where they asked if preachers should be saying nigga. Like, say the N-word. That's, I want you to use... Air quotes and everything. Air quotes and everything. Say N-word verbatim. Say N-word. That's it. Okay, moving on. Um, I'm going to say nigga while I, while I got the mic, though. Now, as, as is your right, sir. Um, should preachers say nigga? Should preachers use that vernacular... Uh, in their day-to-day speech when discussing whatever topic with whatever person. Is that inappropriate and why? You have the floor, sir. I have the floor, okay. I am clearly a person who has become accustomed to using saying, I don't know why you're in there looking for something that ain't in there. I am... I don't... And forgive us, John is trying to rummage through my refrigerator. <laughs> I'm not a person that shies away from the fact that I've used uh, the word nigga. Uh, still use the word nigga occasionally. And as far as pastors using it in the pulpit, there's a, as we say, there's a line and a place for everything. I think that as believers and as Christians, that word should never make its way into ministry in the sense of even if you're trying to be colorful if you're trying to be colorful if i don't care if you are preaching to an all-black congregation i don't think that it no, we don't tell you. people what church you go to do we i don't think i have yet all right good because i don't want you to get <laughs> i don't think we but i don't think that that endears you as a preacher to use that type of language i think it's i think it's a cheap way out to be honest with you i think when you're really trying to sh- when preachers who use that use that word are really people who are trying to use a shocking use a shock method in order to bring people back into the message. If your message is lacking, yeah, and you drop nigga in there, that's when ooh people are listening now. The preacher just said nigga in the pulpit. Ooh, he must be about to say something amazing. No, that's that's you being cheap at that point. And I've been around black preachers who have resorted to using nigga in the in a sermon and then apologize like I told y'all I wasn't gonna use that word no more That's that intense. means you've used it a lot like I'm sitting here thinking like if I heard that across the pulpit how'd I feel and I don't know but I imagine I'd be like oh that was intense it was and it's always intense that's that's as I'm as uncomfortable hearing a pastor or a minister say nigga in the pulpit in a message as I am for a white person to stand in my face and call me one. Now. I'm that uncomfortable. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute. Go for it. Somebody is going to hear that and think to themselves. Well. If it's not okay to say in the pulpit. Why is it okay to use outside of the pulpit? Just because I don't say it in the pulpit. Doesn't mean I can't say it anywhere. I don't drop the F word in the pulpit. But, yeah but. 
shouldn't you not use like if you wouldn't say it in front of your mom shouldn't you not say it but that's the thing I've said nigga in front of my mom my mother has called me a nigga yeah but I've called niggas niggas around my mother if Jesus walked into the room in that moment would you be comfortable calling somebody a nigga yeah or saying nigga in the pulpit either one I'd be more comfortable calling somebody a nigga and Jesus walk in the room as opposed to me standing in front of his people and call and saying nigga in front of a room full of believers. And that no. sounds like a... That's, I'm okay with all of that. Yeah, that, it sounds like a... like It sounds hypocritical almost. It sounds like almost a double standard. And I don't think it is. Again, I'm not one for... I think there's a time and a place to say any and everything. And I get, you know, some of the civil rights leaders of the modern era, even those that were still around from the 60s, people like Sharpton, Jackson, so on and so forth, are the ones who try to disavow and stop using the word. Um, they, they try to have burials for it. They don't think that we should use it in music. Uh, they don't think that it's a term of endearment. And to be perfectly honest, I don't see it as a term of endearment. If I call somebody that if I call somebody a nigga, I'm usually using it one of two ways. I'm either saying it very, not viciously, but I'm definitely saying it in a, in a fashion in which I'm going to be somewhat disrespectful. I, I don't know that I would call it a term of endearment, but I think, I do think it can be a term of familiarity. And that's what I would say. I would say more familiarity than I would endearment. Yeah. I don't call you something... Demeaning. I don't understand, and I'm probably gonna get some backlash for this, but I don't get how modern women call each other bitches and think that it's cool. Well, that's what I mean about the familiarity, though, right? Yeah. Like, women in their circle may have that exchange. Yeah. I'm not invited into that circle. Absolutely to, to, not. To, to use that word. Absolutely not. And and that's the example I try to give people. Like, the reason you can't say the word is the same reason I can't walk into a group of women and start referring to them out as b words, like. It's not, it's not appropriate, right? Yeah. So if, if I start, forgive me, y'all. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to censor myself here. I'm having a hard time because I don't I, I've never said b word in my life. Like that's a wild thing to say. But um, the f word, the s yeah, word, like, I don't even talk like that. The s o word. I'm trying to censor myself because I have a co-host who's just not. So um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, but one of us has to be real, sir. One of us has to be real. That's a that's a great jab. I like that. Um, but, you know, when I talk to white people about, because I, I'm one of those people that have, for some reason, a lot of white people that come to me for input on what they can and can't talk about, what they can and can't say, what they can and can't. Like, the most recent one was, is it okay for me to listen to music with the use of the N-word? That was literally the most recent conversation I had with a white person. And what was your answer? Um, I don't care how much you listen to as long as you don't say it. That was my answer. Agreed. Um, kind of hard to have avoid it when hip hop is the biggest genre yeah. of music right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I get it. Like, we'll talk about my opinions on that another time. But specifically right now, I'm trying to focus on uh, this preacher's topic and. When I think about uh, why we say things like white people can't say nigga. Um, Don't you feel better now? Hilarious. Um, well, here's what's funny. 
it's not a part of my day-to-day conversation. Like, I don't use that word really at all. Um, not even because, well, I think it ought to be. Like, it's just my personal preference thing. Like, I, I try not to use the word uh, for my own sake. It's the same reason I try not to pull out the word bitch unless I, like, need to. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's I not, mean, that's always, because it's always said with su- the way that you even form the word to yeah. say it to somebody. Yeah, it's, like, all, it's, it's so much for You have to build up. Yeah, bitch starts yeah, all yeah. the way in the back of your throat, <laughs> and then it culminates right no, at your lips. And as soon as, you have to form your lips a certain yeah. way for it to come out. So, Even if you say it casually, it's still, it's percussive. Yeah, it's not it's, one of those words that I just, that I just throw out. And so, um, I tend not to use the, the, the word nigga, like, on a regular day-to-day basis in conversation. And... But you also work with a mixed bag of people. Right, exactly. And, and my thing has always been, when I'm in mixed company, it's a no-go. And I make, I, I put that rule in place for everybody black around me. Like, if we're in mixed company... And it's a bunch of young boys. I always correct them out the gate. Like, hey, we in mixed company. When y'all do it, y'all are giving them license to do it. Don't do that. Exactly. And, and, and so... Um, I think that's the biggest issue right there. Yeah. I, I, I've been dropping a lot of biggest issues. <laughs> Who gives us the right... Is it okay that we give people passes to say it? I have friends across the, the color spectrum. I have Asian friends, white friends, Latino friends, uh, Latina friends... Um, black, you name it. When I hang with people, it's if, especially if I really, really kick it with you in a familial type of setting. I'm I'm treating you as I would treat anybody else. My brother is me and him have been rocking the longest, and so if he calls me a nigga and I call him a nigga, that's just what we do. That's right. that's right. us being fam- familiar with each exactly. other. Exactly. When we're with our Asian homeboys or when we're with our white homeboys. He may allow his white homeboys to do that. I don't. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. And unfortunately, if I'm there with you guys and that happens, I'm going to probably say something. Like, I'm going to probably be like, hey, homie, I don't know you. No disrespect. But don't do that. Like, not while I'm here, please. Um, I'm never comfortable ever under any circumstances with a white person using that word. But you're cool with, with people of Latin descent? Um, I have... So I've been in that environment, and it doesn't bother me as much. Are you cool with Asian people saying it? I never had to deal with it to say truthfully. Now, with that said, I don't feel like like my immediate my immediate knee jerk reaction is no. Um, but on the flip side, I think if I look at you in the face and you come across as having more melanin than not, then I'll be more comfortable with it. And that's just the truth. I'm just being transparent. Like. Whether or not that's what people think is right or wrong, I think that for darker-skinned people, it's just not as offensive when they say it to me um, as it is for someone who identifies as white. In, a, a, in my experience, a lot of Asian people I've met tend to identify themselves as more on that side of the fence than this side of the fence. Okay. Um, now, with that said, they, they get their own court. like They get their own room. Like, Asian people got their whole own thing going on, and I respect that. But, like, you've seen the dude, have you seen the dude, uh, uh, Rich Chigga? I've seen him. That, that's crazy to me, right? But, like, clearly he identifies in, in kind of that, that black kind of culture thing. But as a group, like, Asians, there's, like, Asians, there's brown people, and there's white people. You know what I mean? 
And Asians, I've never really had an experience where I've heard any of them ever try to use the language. So it didn't, like, I don't have even an experience to draw from. You? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really, that's interesting. But it, 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 I think, again, it comes from the company that you keep. Yeah. If you find yourself around a bunch of hardcore, ashy ankle black dudes yeah, 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 that yeah. are constantly talking trash and saying, yeah, you're going to drop the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean about, like, if you're in that company and you're doing that, you're 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 giving a certain license. And so, um, not to get so far, we got way derailed. Not necessarily. Um, we're still on topic. You know, the, my thing is this. Um, it's a word. Like, that's really how I look at it. It's a word. And so, in, in, in one sense, in that sense of it just being a word and having, it has a meaning and a context, I don't have a problem with, with anybody using it. I don't also, though, hold preachers to some extra high standard. Um, I don't put them in their own category. I've never looked at you or Dickens or Johnson or any any multitude of other guys I know that preach um, and get in pulpits, even those that are full-time. I never look at them as anything other than the guy at the church that does the preaching. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that's your task, and I understand what's expected of the person who's the elder in the church. And I'm saying the, but however many elders are in the church. I get that part, but I just don't, I just don't look at them and say, well, they can't drink, and they can't smoke, and they can't curse. Like, if you say, if, and I'm going to say this to the listeners, if you're a person who says that pastors can't drink, smoke, or curse, how are you doing in that area? Good we'll, point. We'll start there, and I'll say this. If I, you, don't th- I don't think people like the conviction that you land if they feel right? <laughs> uh, they like it at all. Uh, uh, if you have a speck in your eye, remove the speck from your own eye, then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the log from your brother's eye. And um, other way around, speck in your I'm brother's a, eye, a, log in your I'm eye. A, yeah, yeah, ayo, Jesus, my fault. Um, yeah, but y'all that's, keep that's, that's how he repents. He says, ayo. Jesus, and then continues his statement. My fault. Uh, but yeah, log spec. Y'all get what I'm saying? Like you don't have room to talk. Yeah, I put it. I think that's the thing. We we have not that there's anything wrong with drinking or smoking. How you gonna drop that? If I, I say something, now nah, I'm obligated to respond to. There's nothing wrong with smoking or drinking. <laughs> there's the comments. And, and, and opinions are those of the speaker and the speaker alone. Um, do all things in moderation. All things. Nah, I'm going to stay on topic. I'm, I'm not going to fall for your bait right now. <laughs> I will say, however, we, hum, humanistically, we have this propensity of wanting to appear to be better off better standing, better people than the next. So, if you're a preacher and I'm a preacher, but I don't cuss and you do, I'm a better preacher than you are. Mm. You know, we, we tend to we tend to compare That's strong. We tend to compare one another in that sense. That's strong medicine. It, it's strong medicine, but it's fact. And that doesn't just that doesn't exist just in pulpits. 
that is something that is relegated to even the in even the 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 pew members. Oh, I gave a hundred. You gave a hundred. But I gave a hundred because I love God. You gave a hundred because you had it in your pocket. Or I, I gave a hundred. You gave fifty. I gave more, so I'm I'm a better Christian. But we we always tend to have this this battle back and forth between who's righteous and who's not when righteousness is not ours to decide. And I think that is a strong issue within the church, not just the black church, the church universal. The one while I am not the biggest fan or proponent of evangelical Christianity, the one thing I'll give evangelical Christians is you don't hear a lot of infighting as far as who's who's saved or who's more saved. Ooh. But denominationally in black churches, you get into these charismatic moments and you look these movements rather and you look at apostolics versus Kojic versus versus Baptist versus non-denominational and these denomination wars are outstanding. They they could have a real life television show. No, they get crazy. You know, just just from who's holier and who's more righteous based on nothing that has anything to do with the Bible. And I think that's at the root of this conversation about cussing and the N-word that we have more people who are concerned with how you look versus how you live. Because just as you mentioned previously, when you look at men of the Bible, men and women of the Bible rather, you that, there was never anything about their occupation that disqualified them from being used by God. Mm-hmm. When you talked about David, David was... A thug or how David was ready to fight. You look at Peter or something like that. You look at Moses. You look at Noah who was a drunk. You look at Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute who spied for the Jewish for the Jewish nation. You they didn't say she stopped being a prostitute after she did what she had to do. She still had to eat. You know what I'm saying? But you you look at these things and nobody mentions these people without some respect on their name. Mm, put some respect on my name. <laughs> when you when you mention David or you mention Peter or you mention Paul, someone who literally took part in the murder of Christians, but then turned his life around and became that go uh, that that gospel globe trotting church planting tent maker from Tarsus. Come on. When, when you look at all the things that they done and for God versus what they did before God. It was never about their occupation that disqualified them from it. So just because she strips or just because he sells dope or just because he's an alcoholic or just because she shoots dope doesn't disqualify them from being able to be used in a in a, magnif- a magnificent way by God. And I think that anybody who gives in to the call on their life, no matter where they find themselves whether they're cussing or not, is, is one of the, the biggest thing is once they give in, it's about what they do from that point. Come on. Perfect, perfect time to, to segue into two people that I know for a fact the Christian church has wants little to do with right now. Mm, R. Kelly. Okay, oh, three people. But fault. no, I wasn't talking about <laughs> R. Kelly this time. However, Thaddeus Matthews, Mm. And if anybody has never heard of Thaddeus Matthews, yo, you are in for a treat. Go, I tell go you. Google Thaddeus Matthews. 
But aside from Thaddeus Matthews, you also have to look at... Okay, are you back? You should have paused, gone and Googled, watched a video or two. Like an hour and a half worth of videos, probably. You should be back now. All right. Yeah. But aside from Thaddeus Matthews, what's what's my sister's name, the gospel singer? Well, Tasha. Uh, is it Tasha? I'm asking. Uh, you tell me. She was, uh, she was supposed to be at Essence Fest and went on Facebook and spazzed out a little bit. And decided she didn't want to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know her name off the top of my head. I don't follow. Uh, I'm, a, I'm about to find it in a second because she preached a sermon once that um, that I, I I couldn't believe it. I'm pulling it up now. You she, she preached a sermon once that was crazy. She, she preached a sermon. You thought Leandria Johnson. Oh, yeah, 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 Leandria Johnson. You're Leandria right. Johnson. You're right. You can do um, these are two people, and, and I want to say for the record, uh, so y'all can go ahead and fully kick me out of the church if y'all if y'all think y'all bad enough. Um, I am a firm supporter of both Thaddeus Matthews' message mm. and Leandria, mm. <laughs> Leandria Johnson's message mm. um, because I understand the pressures it takes in order to be uh, a preacher, but even more so to minister to an age that is so far removed from the gospel. Thaddeus Matthews is uh, known as the cussing pastor on every form of social media. Mm. Uh, he has built up a, a heck of a following. I almost said hell of a following, but he's built up a heck of a following. You know what? No, I will say hell of a following for my super saved folks because some of them believe that he's preaching all these people straight down. We don't have, after the first like 30 minutes of this, we don't have any more super saved listeners. And uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna start a new show for the Super Save. It's gonna be called Church. It's gonna be in called the Church. Church in the Church. And <laughs> the it's perfect be, church. It's gonna be a 30 minute off, off of this. We'll do a 30 minute follow up for all my Super Saved Saints. Um, but Leandria Johnson, a couple of years ago, Leandria Johnson, if anybody hasn't heard her, is a phenomenal gospel singer. Um, and a, I say, not only does she have the oil to sing. She also got the oil to preach. Mm, she got the oil. She got the oil. We talked about mm. the oil for those of y'all listening. Don't know what the oil is. You got to go back a couple oil. episodes. A couple episodes. But she preached a sermon once that went viral. Everybody talked about this sermon because she said, "You need to stop sucking on my titty." Oh my God! And what kind of there is, is there is little to no way that you can find that in the Bible anywhere. What kind of preaching is this? But. This is why women not, not all right. You know, you bet not, because <laughs> you are absolutely not about to do that here. <laughs> uh, women, if y'all trying to find John, uh, he oh, can be found at, <laughs> I'm going to give his last uh, name and his email address. Uh, no, nah, but that that's the thing. You see these radical points of ministry where somebody says something that is so outlandish that you can't believe that they said it. And then you automatically want to disqualify them from being preachers. Mm. Leandra can't preach because she's talking about sucking on my titty. Mm. Uh, that is Matthews can't preach. Can you please not say it anymore? <laughs> that, that is Matthews can't preach because all he do is cuss. Uh, Jeff Johnson can't preach because he told you to bring your ass to Jesus. Um, mm. uh, Jamal Bryant can't preach because he said uh, y'all hoes ain't loyal. But y'all, <laughs> oh, okay. R.A. Vernon Are can't preach. R.A. Vernon can't preach because R.A. Vernon told, said, uh, tell your neighbor F you. 
And you take all of these sermon clips out of context. Mm. Now, I, I I can honestly say the only one who doesn't fall victim to context is Wait, Thaddeus what? Matthews. Thaddeus Matthews will throw F-bombs. I haven't heard the bull. Ari Burning clip. Oh, oh yes, you have. It is years old. Oh, this is wild. At, he didn't say the actual. Uh-huh, so, okay. Dr. Vernon uh, of the Word Church, one of the one of the few men in the nation that I respect uh, that's this pastoring right now, not just for his acumen and preaching, but also for his mm. pastoring and his pastor's heart. Um, one of the few. One of the few. Get y'all preaching game up. <laughs> but, um... Pastor, but Dr. Vernon preached a sermon years ago called the Grace Factor, mm. and in preaching the Grace Factor, he said, uh, "Is it a, is it a possibility that the new F word in the church is forgive?" My God! And he said, "He said, well, here at the Word Church, it is going to be the new F word. Mm. You know, I forgive, oh, and we're going to start, and this is how we're going to do it." He said, "I forgive you." For, for this and I forgive you for that and he said turn to your neighbor and tell him pastor said tell you uh, he said turn to your neighbor and say f you he said no nah, your other neighbor, your neighbor didn't want to receive that turn to the other neighbor you know how black preachers do they get that hoop in they in their right. voice come on and, and turn to the other neighbor he said you know what take your phone out call your ex and tell him I'm at church pastor said f you mm. I forgive you and and but here's the thing you don't hear the entirety of this hour and a half long service. Mm. You hear, you hear the hoop. You hear the hoop. Mm. You hear you hear his tune up. They, you hear his clothes. They they pulled the hoop out. Pastor says F you in the pulpit. And, oh man. And that's how they phrased. They framed it as though he was saying the F word when in fact he said the new F word is forgive. And we take we live in a world where we're preaching now goes viral based on the clip. If I say the wrong thing. If I say something that might, if I'm if I'm using my hermetic my hermetic and homiletic tools in order to uh, engage this audience of however many, yes, in order to keep them in, interested not only in my sermon but also to give them a word that's going to lead them through the week, you take this thirty second clip of something that I said and now all of a sudden everybody's on my head because they haven't heard the whole service. Mm. You haven't heard what led me to this point. You didn't hear what came after it. All you heard was this. And I think Jeff got the rawest deal because Jeff preached a solid word for that whole ser- yeah, Nobody said anything about the fact that Jeff preached a sermon based around a Drake song. He preached a fire sermon. The sermon was about was was called God's Plan. Come on. He preached the lyrics of Drake's song to begin it. But instead of showing that part and how he got from a Drake song mm. to the triumphant, the triumphal entry, mm. and when Jesus told his disciples to bring to bring that ass to me, reading the King James version, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of understanding exactly the context and everything he was dealing with, we took this thirty second clip mm. of him saying, "Bring your ass to Jesus," and now all of a sudden, oh. He he shouldn't be using that kind of language in the in the church. There's there's holiness standards, and he's standing in this, and he's standing it. Miss me with that, my God. Look, man, I don't need an amen corner. Right oh, okay, sorry. I'm getting caught up. What I do know, however, is that we need to get to a point in the modern church, and we can save this for a later date too. We absolutely need to get to a point in the modern church where we determine what these buildings are. Are these buildings synagogues? Or are they temples? Mm, we cleared that up on a prior episode. We did. If you want to go back, but you but we absolutely need to do that. So if you call yourself a pastor 
If you call yourself a church leader, elder, deacon, you name it, you know y'all Baptist churches, y'all like to have the deacons running everything. Mm. But if you call yourself a church leader, determine what your building is. And is, it a, is it a synagogue or is it a temple? If you don't know what the two mean, look it up. That means somebody ain't studying. Mm. Is, it, is it holy ground the moment you step on the parking lot? Because if so, some of y'all smoking cigarettes and drinking beer on sir, holy ground. Do not, don't, sir, don't slander the name of a good beer. Okay, <laughs> I'm not slandering the name of good beer. Tread softly, but sir. if you're if you're standing on if, if if the church is the temple, like people like calling it, yeah. If the church building is the temple, then why are you defiling it with beer? Why are you defiling it with unholy speech when you step out of the building and go gossip? Well, why are you defiling it by smoking cigarettes in and on the property? Uh, as we're talking, comments are coming in. Okay. Uh-oh, uh, John did found a way to... Well, I just want to get some engagement from the community, you know. Okay. Um, a lot of lead-by-example ideas. A lot of lead-by-example, which again assumes the... Um, it assumes that the right example is someone who doesn't cuss. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, there's a fairly long comment in here that I'm not going to, I'm not going to read all the way through. I'll just kind of bust it down to um, somebody's input basically was that it's not okay for pastors to curse because a curse is just that, a curse on someone. Uh, it's okay for them to cuss and it's not okay for them to use racial epithets um, so there's that comment uh, another comment says that doing it doesn't send anyone to hell but we are called to be different from the world I'm going to put that out there that is a comment from Pastor Brent McFarland um, hopefully soon to be on the show so that I can uh, pick his mind about that comment but we appreciate all your feedback out there in social media land. Appreciate you all participating in the polls. So, I, I you know, I think that the... I always go back to, it's very, very cut and dry for me. If doing it doesn't send anybody to hell, I don't see the problem. And it, it kind of stops there for me. Like, if doing it doesn't send anybody to hell, what's the problem? I think that's where we where we really kind of struggled though because let the church tell it most times almost anything will send you to hell well specifically smoking drinking and cussing specifically people will tell you because they're unlearned of course because so, they'll because people will say you know you're defiling the, the key word again you're defiling the temple I can think of so many things that are more problematic than smoking drinking and cussing but literally every sermon I hear they always saying, you out, you going out, you partying, you smoking, you drinking, you in the club. And I'm always like, yo, my, my G, like self-righteousness, um, backbiting, gossip. Like there's a lot of other things you could talk about besides smoking, drinking, and being at the club. But that's pacing. That's and as you when you get into public speaking and trying to be yeah. a concise a concise speaker, smoking, drinking, cussing, it just works. I as get opposed it. to backbiting. I, I get it, but the problem is, like, now I gotta argue with you because you wanna point things out that aren't as problematic. Like, if it's not gonna send nobody to hell. But, you know what, I posed a question, and I don't think I asked it here yet. 
I posed a question once though, asking quite simply, do you still do is does do people still believe in sin? Mm. Is sin still a real thing? And if if sin is a real thing, what is sin? Mm. That's the that's something that also plagues the church because people don't see what they do as sin. The Bible talks clearly about gossip. Speaks clearly. clearly speaks clearly about gossip. Gossip on, clearly. How, how gossip works, mm. how gossip infiltrates, how gossip tears apart. It talks about the, it, you know, what can happen if you gossip too much. But we don't talk about gossip. We always talk about gossip in passing. We don't talk about gossiping as a sin. We don't we talk about homosexuality as a sin. But we don't talk about we don't talk about being uh being greedy for money. Come on. We Come don't talk on. about being you know but, but because again we, we're looking at the things that we believe to be outwardly appearing. That's right. Now forgive me if I'm one who I still believe that marriage is yes between one man and one woman. Oh God. I am one that believes that holiness is indeed still right. Oh God. But I'm also one that believes that <coughs> it is not what you say or do or how you are that prevents you from God, but the focus of your heart. What do you think about that, John? Um, I think that and, and, and I think we're probably wrapping up. But I think that one of the big things I'm going to say about that is this. The idea of sin has definitely become diluted in the modern age. People are sinful. Uh, for my part, I believe wholeheartedly that people are sinful. I believe that they're born that way. I believe that we do it so much and so easily that we, because of our idea of the hierarchy of sin, have allowed ourselves to think that some of the things we do are just normal and natural. But if you look into the Bible, I think you're going to find that uh, the Bible points to many of our behaviors as actually being sin and to be honest, it doesn't speak to you cussing or using the word nigga really at all as being problematic. Now, someone's going to say, let your words be seasoned with grace. And I'm going to say, yes, let your words be seasoned with grace. I can talk to my nigga and my words can be seasoned with grace. Um, someone's going to say that uh, your communication should always be clean. Let no uh, unwholesome speech. Unwholesome speech, you know, come into you. And I understand that argument as well. Um, I think that unwholesome speech doesn't have to be uh, damn or hell or shit. I think it pained him to say those words. I think unwhole. I think unwholesome speech can be, let's be honest, the president saying, grab her. Yeah. Right? I think unwholesome speech can be um, even 
you talking without using any cuss words, talking about your neighbor in a um, disparaging way. In a disparaging way. So, when you talk to me about unwholesome speech, what I'm going to ask you is, what's the intention behind the words you use? That's what I tend to think about. And when we're talking about sin, I would challenge someone to show me where the use of what the modern day society has deemed as cuss words are actually sin. And then I would challenge us after we've concluded that it's not sin to move beyond it and start looking at things that actually are going to keep people from seeing God, that actually are hindering people in their process of sanctification, that things that actually are problematic in my day-to-day walk with God that matter and not just things that make you feel uncomfortable. And so... uh, that's my thoughts. That's what I think. That's your benediction, sir? That's my benediction. All right. Um, my benediction then as we wrap up this episode. Episode five, brother. We made it five episodes. We in there. We in there. I think we're almost becoming uh, vets at this. We ain't pros yet. We, we getting get, there. We going there, though. Uh, my benediction would be this. The Bible is my guide for a lot. From... For most of the things that I say and most of the things that I do. Um, and I say most because a part of what the part of who I am is very much so groomed after the environment in which I was brought up in. So not everything that I say is always going to be seasoned with grace. Um, I am ebonic by nature. Uh, but even in so, uh, there are tons of things that... I could say, I'll, I'll, I'll throw scripture in with mine though. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. You can also juxtapose that against, uh, where's the, uh, Proverbs 18 and 21. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Um, I, I speak life every time I open my mouth. Um, I think all of us should speak life. Um, In such, when I converse with people on a regular day-to-day basis, if I ever say anything to you that seems offensive, because here's the great thing about communication. If I say something offensive, it doesn't have to be a curse word. The fact that I've offended you means that I've said something that you don't agree with or that goes against your convictions. Now, we can always discuss what those convictions are and go from that point to determine whether or not what I, what I said was truly offense or if you were just being convicted by your own mechanisms mm. or, or, or your, the own things that you may be dealing with. Suffice it to say, when I speak, I speak life. So if I say nigga, I'm speaking life after I say nigga or as I'm saying nigga. If I, if I happen to cuss when I speak to you, I'm still speaking life in it. I'm never going to say anything as a preacher or as a believer that would not have you believe or not have you understand that anything that I say to you comes out of love. Even if I say I don't like you, I still love you. Mm. And I think that could be seen in a complete and total different way. So suffice it to say, as we wrap this episode, I want you, as I give this blessing of life, 
I want you, the listener, to consider this. Are you speaking in a manner in which you are speaking life? Or are you a person that speaks death and doesn't understand it? If you're a believer, I encourage you to always speak life. If you're not a believer, then I encourage you to get around people who are so that they can speak life over you. That's been it for me. From the pulpit, I'm stepping down. My man, John, again, episode five is in the books. We'll catch you next time. Church in the Wild podcast. Peace. Mr. Cow. I'm Mr. Cow. Alright, nigga, this is E4 out. Studio time, you on the E4 out. E4 out. E4 out. We're finna get it cranking up in this bayou. We're finna get it cranking up in this bayou. V Town. V Town. New Orleans. Check it out. Flying splash. In the middle of the street, sirens and violence, silence. Motherfuckers play for kids. Violence and diamonds. Oh, my grandpa, piano. Turn the channel. Let me see that. Give me that back. Motherfucker, fool, where's your problem? Negro, why you want to pull all on the side of my column? Call him, shot him, shot him. Got him, stick him, snooze him, stock him, ditch him, dodge him. Block him, stock him, rock him, chop him, scheme him, plot him, plot him. 45 special. 45 special. Big just Exercise. I got this monkey on my back. Shit be funky, that's a fact. Swimming up in them swamps up. Pocket full of twamp stuff. The start, ho. Toting my pissed out. Up and down the side streets. Up in my vehicle. Cali style, rallies found. French quarters at night. Snow bunnies get the money and make shit right. We smoke the weed pipe. Niggas stuff it and roll. Just some fools about their paper way out of control. Now here we go. Now here we go. Trying to let these niggas know. Here we go. Here we go. Ooh. Here we go. Here we go. Trying to let these niggas know, Mr. K. Go get the photo. My section wagon. Here we go.
niggas know, Mr. Cow. Go get the photo. Mob. No limits,